Today, two more conversations, starting with this. Justice must be done. But I caution this while you feel that rage. Don't be consumed by it. After 9-11, we were enraged in the United States. While we sought justice and got justice, we also made mistakes. I'm the first U.S. president to visit Israel in time of war. I've made wartime decisions. I know the choices are never clear or easy for the leadership. There's always cost, but it requires being deliberate. It requires asking very hard questions. It requires clarity about the objectives and an honest assessment about whether the path you're on will achieve those objectives. The vast majority of Palestinians are not Hamas. Hamas does not represent the Palestinian people. Hamas uses innocents, innocent families in Gaza as human shields, putting their command centers, their weapons, their communications tunnels in residential areas. Palestinian people are suffering greatly as well. We mourn the loss of innocent Palestinian lives like the entire world. I was outraged and saddened by the enormous loss of life yesterday in the hospital in Gaza. Based on the information we've seen to date, it appears the result of an errant rocket fired by a terrorist group in Gaza. The United States unequivocally stands for the protection of civilian life during conflict. And I grieve, I truly grieve for the families who were killed or wounded by this tragedy. The people of Gaza need food, water, medicine, shelter. Today, I asked the Israeli cabinet, who I met with for some time this morning, to agree to the delivery of life-saving humanitarian assistance to civilians in Gaza, based on the understanding that there will be inspections, and that the aid should go to civilians, not to Hamas. Israel agreed the humanitarian assistance can begin to move from Egypt to Gaza. Joe Biden is in Israel right now as the Israel-Hamas war continues to rage on. Uh, Nihad Awad is the executive director and co-founder of the Council on American-Islamic Relations and joins us right now to offer his insights and reflections. Nihad, it's been far too long, my friend. Good to hear your voice again. How are you today? Good, good, uh, Tavis. How are you doing? I haven't heard uh, your voice for some time. Yeah, it's been a while. It's good to hear your voice. And I am well, thank you. If I complained, I'd be an ingrate, even with all that's happening around the world. Uh, and I'm always uh, delighted to be in dialogue with you. Let me just start our conversation with getting a quick response to this, and then we'll move forward. Um, as I said, the president, the world knows, the president is uh, on the ground in Israel, even as we speak. Just give me your initial thoughts on his agreeing to accept Bibi Netanyahu's invitation uh, to go to Israel, which makes him the first president of this country ever to go to Israel in wartime. Yeah, I think it's important for the president uh, to, to visit the region and to open both his eyes, not to look at the world with one eye and not to listen only to one side. Uh, we all know that every story has two sides. Unfortunately, um, Probably, Tavis, you know, and maybe some of your listeners may or may not know. I'm a Palestinian myself. Mm -hmm. I was born and raised in a refugee camp. The reason I was born and raised in a refugee camp, because my family used to, uh, um, or, or put it this way, my family was ethnically cleansed in 1948 mm. when, when, when uh, foreign individuals and militias came to Palestine at the promise from Britain, who was colonizing our land, Palestine, and offered them a, a homeland after the Holocaust. So the Palestinians are paying 
for the guilt of Germany and Europe. We have been ethnically cleansed by force from our land, from our homes, because we're not Jewish, because we're Palestinians, the, the indigenous inhabitants of the land. Many of us were displaced within Palestine, like my family was displaced and ended up as refugees in Jordan. Ever since, the Israeli government and its illegal settlers, who many of them come from Los Angeles, from New York, from Texas, from all over European and, and, and American cities, who have dual citizenships, who leave their comfort in the U.S. to go and claim the lands and farms and houses of Palestinians like my family. Let me jump in right there, uh, Nihad. Uh, when we come forward, we'll finish hearing that story, uh, which is essentially your backstory, which informs the work you do today. And I, I want the audience to hear that. We hear about the backstory uh, of your um, uh, your journey, uh, and then uh, get back to that question about uh, President Biden's visit to Israel. What you make of that? And a great deal more to talk about. This war continues to rage. Uh, the ground offensive that Israel has promised has been placed on hold while Joe Biden visits their country. But when he leaves, as we all know, all hell's gonna break loose. Uh, uh, Bibi Netanyahu has promised to crush and destroy Hamas. A great deal to talk about when we come forward with Nihad Awad, executive director and co-founder of the Council on American Islamic Relations, who you're listening to right now on Tavis Smiley. Unapologetically progressive. progressive. Unapologetically black. Black, black, black. You're tapped into Tavis Smiley. Tavis Smiley. Smiley. Who do you trust to get at the truth? Tavis Smiley. 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 That's who. The conversation continues right now. Our guest is Nihad Awad. He's executive director and co-founder of the Council on American-Islamic Relations. We invited him on this program today uh, because uh, we wanted to hear the other side. Uh, you heard Nihad say moments ago, um, speaking of um, the president being in Israel today, that he wants the president uh, to visit the region. It's important to do so, he said, uh, but he should do so with both eyes open and not just look at one side, but look at the other side. Um, there's no way, uh, Nihad, that the president would uh, visit Gaza while on this trip, he's expressly there to um, show our support uh, for Israel. So he's not going to step on the other side and open that eye, as it were, uh, and visit uh, Gaza and to see what's happening on uh, in that region, in that part of the, of the world. That's not going to happen. Um, but you were telling us a moment ago, you were telling us a moment ago, um, a bit of your backstory and how it informs the work that you do. I wonder if you can finish that backstory and then we'll jump to some other issues I want to cover while I've got you this hour. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, look, uh, so so we we just became refugees, and we I I as as a Palestinian, I cannot go to Palestine. I cannot go to the to our home because they, it was destroyed. It was claimed uh, by by maybe an American uh, uh, Jewish settler, or, or we don't know what happened mm -hmm. because I'm not Jewish. However, if you if you're Jewish, you can go there and take my land. That's that's really the apartheid system that our people are living on in. So if President Biden cannot go to Gaza, he should also maybe go to Ramallah and visit a refugee camp, uh, Palestinians being refugees in, in their own land, living like ghettos, you know, living under dual judicial system, one for Jewish people and one for Palestinians. Both Christians and Muslims are treated as second-class citizens. Human Rights Watch, Amnesty International, and Israel's most prominent human rights organization said that Israel is an apartheid state. So now, to us Americans and to the president, why is he supporting the occupier over the occupied? Isn't he supporting now 
the Ukrainians, because they're occupied by foreign invading forces, namely the Russians, we have two occupations, we have two occupiers. Why the United States government has been supporting the Israeli occupation of Palestinian lands and uh, hypocritically are supporting the Ukrainians. So the, the two are the same. Why, what does it tell me is the president, unfortunately, is using Israel as a project. In 1996, when he was a U.S. senator, he said, if there was no Israel, we have to invent an Israel. So to him, he really doesn't care deeply about the Israelis or the Palestinians. He cares about having a hegemony, a U.S. almost colony there to destabilize the region. Mm. And that's not only un-American, it is undemocratic. We should be done with this colonization, you know, era and mentality. And, and, and finally, I would say on this point, Tavis, I have been watching CNN, MSNBC. I have appeared on all these networks. These networks tell you now that the victims are the victimizers. And this is what Malcolm X told us decades ago, that watch out for the press. They give you the impression that the victimizer is the victim and the victim is the victimizer. And that's what's taking place. Unfortunately, our our foreign policy, when it comes to the issue of the Palestinians, is lopsided, one-sided. It, it destabilizes the region. It's not good for America. It's not for good all of us, for, for us. And it flies in our face when we claim that we believe in human rights, in equality and dignity for all. Mm. So now to Gaza. Gaza is an open-air prison, the largest open-air prison in the world. I did not say that. Jimmy Carter said that. Mm -hmm. I did not say that. You know, Nelson Mandela and other people defended the Palestinians' right to defend themselves. uh, Gaza has been like a a, a pressure cooker. It exploded because 2.3 million people do not have access to clean water. They do not have access to their own sea. They cannot fish. They cannot do trade. They cannot travel. Even if they're sick, they cannot seek treatment outside the Gaza Strip. They're surrounded by illegal settlements. They're at the mercy of the uh, Israeli army. Israel bombards hospitals, schools, UN uh, schools every uh, two years, and they kill thousands of people. This time, the Palestinian resistance took them by surprise, and that's the difference. Mm. Let me ask you this. Um, I didn't want to interrupt. I wanted you to get your, your formulation out, and you've done so, and, and, and quite, um, uh, quite eloquently. So let me just ask a few questions now. Um, I want to go back a few minutes ago uh, when I uh, made the point that uh, there's no way that Joe Biden on this trip uh, goes to both Israel and the Gaza Strip. I recall I've been to Israel a few times now, and I recall on my very first trip um, I was with an Israeli delegation. And uh, a, a, a trip to Gaza obviously was not on our itinerary. Uh, and one of my colleagues on that trip with me and I decided that we needed to see the other side. And so one day we literally um, during our free time just snuck away from the group and went to the other side. Uh, I did not want to go to the region and not see the other side. So it wasn't on our agenda as part of this uh, uh, this Israeli delegation. Uh, But I made it my business to go to the other side because I wanted to see. I raise that because I'm not naive in saying this. I understand why the president is in the region today to go to Israel. You said uh, very clearly that he ought to visit the region. 
let me just ask this question. And again, this is not out of naivete. Since mm-hmm. the president, since the president and every president continues one to talk about a two state solution that always comes out of their mouth. What we need is a two state solution. Number two, you heard us play audio of the president a moment ago on the ground in Israel saying he met with the Israeli cabinet and has really pressed them on humanitarian aid. Um, that's what he's pressing, humanitarian aid for the civilians in Gaza. So here's my question. If you're constantly talking about a two-state solution and you really care about this humanitarian crisis, why would you not, why could you not visit a refugee camp on the other side while you're there? If he did that, what would happen? That's my question, Nihon. If he if he did, and I hope he will, he will see that the Palestinian people ha- have been treated as second-class citizens in their own home, like African Americans. And look, my brother, I am I, I am a student of the student of the civil rights movement. I know how 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 second-class citizens means, how 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 it feels. We know that you and I know it. Everyone knows it. You know so. Palestinians need not the mercy of people. They need to be seen as equal human beings in their own homeland. And they should not be the subject of one-sided, lopsided U.S. foreign policy that has been favoring the Israeli occupation for strategic reasons. What about humanity? How come the United States president, with the presence of the CIA, national security, the U.S. embassy, the State Department, how he would parrot and repeat Israel's lies about Palestinians beheading 40 babies. How come the the president of the United States in his first reaction tells the entire world and dehumanizes the Palestinians? And even now, he is parroting and repeating what Netanyahu is telling him, that the the hospital was bombed by the Palestinians. I mean, there is no sane person who can believe this. The Palestinians do not have any weapon of mass destruction to the magnitude of killing 500 people in one shot. We cannot be fooled. Why is the president? We know that he loves Israel. That's his personal feeling. But as the president of the United States, the president of all Americans, he should respect America's integrity. He is spending billions of dollars on a foreign occupation and depriving Americans from health care, from education, from protection, why are we spending and overspending ourselves and our tax taxpayers dollars on a foreign occupation which always comes back to hunt us what's the secret why are why aren't we helping the people who need us why are we helping and empowering another occupation another another apartheid system in 2023 we're not in the 50s or 60s let me ask you this question to your point about the president uh, loving Israel, and that's his personal prerogative. Um, the media has made a point of uh, of uh, uh, of sharing with us that when he arrived in Israel, he didn't just shake Bibi Netanyahu's hand. When most world leaders meet, we see these photo ops all the time. When they meet, they shake each other's hands and they stare at the cameras. They hold the handshake for you know, two or three minutes and the cameras just light up to get a, a photo op of the handshake. When he landed in Israel today, uh, he didn't just shake Bibi Netanyahu's hand. He embraced him with a big hug. Um, what does that visual say to the world? Uh, that we are we are in deep trouble as America. Uh, he's shaking hand of and, and hugging a, a, a traitor of his people. 
uh, a, a war criminal, someone who's, who deceived the United States government. There are leaked videos, Netanyahu bragging about misleading the U.S. government, and he's been misleading Joe Biden. Did, did you just, anyhow, did you just call Bibi Netanyahu, the prime minister of Israel, a war criminal? Oh, absolutely. Absolutely. No doubt. I mean, someone who's, who's been killing thousands of children and, and entire families. Tavis, there are 500 Palestinian families have been wiped out from the civil registry. Do you know? Do you know what does that mean? There is no now there is no future for these families. He he killed he wiped them out. He's cutting water, electricity. According to international law, these are war crimes. According to international law, mm-hmm. any occupied people should be under the protection of the occupier, not at the mercy of the occupier. So Israel is basically committing major war crimes every day, and Benjamin Netanyahu should not be hugged. He should be handcuffed. Mm. Mm. There are those who've uh, gone even farther than that. Uh, there are those who've called him a uh, war criminal. You are one of them, obviously. You didn't hold your tongue in that regard. There are others who've used the G word, genocide, that what is happening right now in Gaza is genocide. Would you go that far? Oh, uh, uh, wa- Watch my Twitter uh, account or X. Mm-hmm. Uh, uh, yeah, uh, uh, not not only me. All people who have the both both sides of the story uh, are unreservedly calling uh, uh, the actions by Israel as actions of genocide, mm. action of genocide. Uh, UN officials, uh, European leaders, the human rights organizations. These are not Palestinians. These are just decent human beings who are not afraid to speak truth to power who are not afraid to take a stand when it is not popular to take a stand. People who do not follow the headlines of Fox News and now, you know, CNN and so on. I quit watching these things, Tavis. Mm. I now watch Al Jazeera English. It is for free, and I encourage you and encourage your audience to educate themselves about this issue because it is done in our name as Americans. Our, our tax payer dollars are used. To, to, to annihilate the, the Palestinian people. It is, it is with our green light, unfortunately. But the good news is we still live in a democracy in the United States, and we should call on the White House and our elected representatives to stop this madness and this misguided policy in the name of America. When we come forward, I, I, I don't want to ask you this question um, and I have to cut you off in 40 seconds. Let me just tell you where I want to go, Nihad, uh, when we come forward. And uh, we will be waiting uh, with bated breath to hear your response to these questions, I think. Uh, number one, I, I want to ask you in a moment here, um, given your indictment of the mainstream media in this country, what you think uh, or what you would say to our audience that they are actually seeing when they're watching CNN and Fox News and MSNBC and the other networks. What exactly are they seeing that you want to put a warning label on? Uh, what is the warning label you want them to, to, to know, to be aware of when they're watching network news, or I, I would call it corporate media in this country? Uh, I certainly want to ask um, your thoughts about a ceasefire. There are certain members of Congress who have signed a resolution calling for an immediate ceasefire in this regard. Your thoughts about that, whether you think that's even possible. And thirdly, I am curious uh, as to your thoughts about what happens when Joe Biden leaves. We know he's there now. 
He's calling for humanitarian aid, uh, as we understand it at the moment. He has no no plans whatsoever to visit uh, Palestine, obviously, or even a refugee camp. Uh, he is there expressly for the purpose of saying that we stand with Israel. But when Joe Biden gets on Air Force One and he rolls out of Israel, what happens next? Um, that's what I want to hear Nihat Awad's response to. He's executive director and co-founder of the Council on American-Islamic Relations. He's our guest right now, and we're glad about it on Tavis Smile. This is getting good. Yeah, man. Tavis Smiley, Smiley continues when we come forward. 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 Smart talk for curious people just like you. You're listening to Tavis Smiley. 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 Tavis Smiley uh, in conversation with Nihad Awad, executive director and co-founder of the Council on American-Islamic Relations. He's our guest in this hour, in case you uh, have not been paying attention to the news. Uh, Joe Biden in Israel today. He landed and didn't just shake Bibi Netanyahu's hand, gave him a big hug in that photo uh, op has, uh, has gone around the world. And uh, people are talking about what that hug means. Um, uh, the hug notwithstanding, he met with the Israeli cabinet for quite some time today and asked them, pressed them to uh, make sure that humanitarian aid could reach the civilian population in Gaza. Uh, there's a bit of breaking news in that regard, Nihad, um, since I've been on the air. Uh, news has come that um, the first minister of Scotland has announced that Scotland is ready to take refugees from Gaza. We know that the Egypt border has been closed, uh, but Scotland now says it is ready to take refugees from Gaza. Unless I'm missing something, that may be the first nation to do so, and if it isn't, uh, you can uh, uh, you can enlighten me. But what does it mean to you to hear that Scotland is at least one country saying they're ready to take refugees now from Gaza, Nihad? This is a conspiracy. Uh, it's a criminal conspiracy to uproot us from our homeland i mean Tavis, this this is incredible instead of putting pressure on israel to end its occupation of my homeland people are uprooting me from my homeland we don't want to be refugees in 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 any country we want to be citizens of our own land mm -hmm. so this is really a criminal conspiracy against the palestinian people this is what we call ethnic cleansing mm -hmm. This is this is this is very sad. Instead of people and countries putting pressure on the occupier, they are putting pressure on the occupied to leave their home and their homeland to safety. Instead of removing the danger from them, that's like the worst appeasing to the Israeli genocidal military machine. Mm -hmm. So, so you're so, so that I'm clear. Your response to Scotland saying they will take refugees from Gaza is that these countries are appeasing Israel? Absolutely. Mm -hmm. I mean, we, we no, no, we'd rather die on our homeland mm. than, than than becoming refugees. Mm -hmm. yeah. We'd rather die in our homes than 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 being uprooted, like 1948, which we which we call it a Nakba, the catastrophe. Mm -hmm. We need we do not need another Nakba. Yeah. Um, you remind me of Dr. King. You you, you mentioned uh, King early. You mentioned Malcolm earlier. And King, um, one of the last things to come out of his mouth before he was shot on that balcony in Lorraine Motel. I talk about this in my book, Death of a King. Mm -hmm. King said, I'd rather be dead than be afraid. I'd rather be dead than be afraid. He steps on the balcony and, in fact, um, they kill him dead. But 
Uh, those are some of the last words, yeah. some of the last words uttered by by Dr. King. Uh, let me let me come back to this point. We were talking earlier about the American media, and I want to right. allow you an opportunity, Nihad, to give uh, to put your warning label, as it were, on what uh, fellow citizens in this country are seeing when they watch the major networks. Before I do that, though, um, we just mm-hmm. heard we just heard in our own news report. I mean, I, I literally asked you this question before I went to break. During the break yeah. uh, here in Los Angeles, we heard across the country, but here in L.A. at least, during our break, we heard a news report. And here's what you heard on the news report. What you basically heard the news reporter say was that the president is not going to Jordan. He's not meeting with Arab leaders as he was scheduled to do so. And that the White House has decided to postpone those meetings. That's what you no, heard. No, no, actually, uh, uh, actually uh, the opposite. Hold up, exactly. Yeah, yeah. Hold up, exactly. Yeah. That's that. You see, where, you see where I'm going, right? I want to give you. Yeah. I want to give this audience a case in point right now. You heard the yeah, news. Yeah. You heard the. If you're in Los Angeles, you heard this. If you're around the country, your news may not be our news. But in L.A., yeah. where I'm sitting right now, this audience just heard the news say, uh, "This is black information news, B.I.N. no less." saying that the president was postponing his meetings with Arab leaders in Jordan. That is not true. The Arab Arab leaders canceled their meeting with Joe Biden as a a protest to what happened in the hospital. So you can give the warning label now, but I just want the audience to hear in real time an example of the way that news oftentimes is spun versus the reality. Nihad, take it away. Okay, look. Let me address the media. Uh, and look, I, I'm, I'm, I, I used to be a friendly to, to the entire media because I almost appeared on all shows in the country, the, ma- the mainstream national shows, to, to address Islamophobia, injustice, you know, uh, the, the, the whole nine yards. I will say to the mainstream media a question. What have you done to journalism? You made a mockery of journalism. What happened to you? What happened to critical thinking? What happened to independent, independently verifying the news? I mean, look, Tabs, the, the mainstream media has been partisan. They will not let any piece of information go unchecked, unchallenged, unvetted, you know, without, without being debated. When it comes to the issue of Palestine, they just defer to Israel. So they repeated lies, debunked, Rumors about babies being decapitated. Now they are parroting the Israeli narrative about who bombed the hospital. I mean, I would la- I would like to laugh, but I'm really crying in, in my, inside my heart. What happened to, to, to journalism? What have you done to the truth? The mainstream media has betrayed Americans. They have betrayed Americans. And obviously, we always teach our you know trainees, don't insult the media, but in this time, I need, I need to address the media. You have failed journalism. You have failed us. You have failed the innocent people who need your critical thinking to hold elected officials accountable. You are just becoming part of the problem. You are not a solution. I'm, ser- I'm sorry to say that, but I think we have to look for alternative sources of information, especially on social media. Mm-hmm. I, I, I canceled my TV subscription. I'm always on the internet. I I hear both sides. Even I, I'm, I've been hearing the, the Israeli side, by the way, mm-hmm. and and I sympathize with with the with the civilian casualties. And I my my heart goes out to 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 the civilian casualties in 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 in, in this uh, crisis. As I I, I I I I you know I feel, and my heart goes to our people 
who are the majority of them are innocent who are being bombed and 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 and, and shelled to pieces unfortunately yeah uh, so here's where I want to go when we come forward. Uh, again, I, I, I hate cutting Nihat off, so I'm watching this clock, and I know with the few seconds I have now, it wouldn't be fair to ask him these questions. But when we come forward, I want to ask him two things. One, as I said uh, moments ago, I want to get his take on those who are calling for a ceasefire and whether or not he thinks that is the immediate answer and whether or not he thinks that's uh, uh, possible uh, in the near term or whether that that's not even a, an issue on the table until after this ground offensive takes place. Joe Biden is going to get on Air Force One. He's going to leave. And when he leaves, um, the um, suspension of the the uh, uh, the on the ground war that Israel has promised uh, in an effort to crush and destroy those are Bibi Netanyahu, maybe Bibi Netanyahu's words to crush and destroy uh, Gaza uh, and Hamas uh, that uh, I assume will take place. So I don't think a ceasefire is even possible until after they have their say on this ground offensive. That's my assessment. I'll see what Nihad or Wadden say about it. So that. Joe Biden being there is just a, it's just a, it's just a, it's a placeholder. But the minute he leaves, as I said earlier, all hell's going to break loose. Uh, I want to get his take on, on the ceasefire. And then there are a few other things I want to get to. I'll hold that until we come forward. You're listening to Tavis Smiley. More of Tavis Smiley when we come forward. Let's get back to more of Tavis Smiley right now. So much breaking news today. We're talking about uh, Israel Hamas, uh, but we also know that here at home, uh, we have a, um, uh, <laughs> Some drama uh, in the haunted house, that is the house of U.S. representatives. I call it the haunted house. Uh, Nothing scarier than Jim Jordan potentially becoming the Speaker of the House. Uh, And CNN is reporting that in a second round of voting, it appears once again that Jim Jordan does not. I I feel like Maury Povich. You are not the father. Jim Jordan does not appear to have the votes in a second round of voting to be elected Speaker of the House. Uh, For two weeks, that seat has been vacant now uh, after they uh, yanked Kevin McCarthy out. Jim Jordan trying his best to become the Speaker of the House, but in a second round of voting, it appears at the moment, according to CNN, uh, speaking of mainstream media, uh, that Jim Jordan does not have the votes to become Speaker. More on that as it develops. Uh, It took uh, Kevin McCarthy, you recall, 15 votes to be elected Speaker. We'll see what happens to Jim Jordan if he ever gets there, whether they go uh, go in a different direction. But at the moment, Jim Jordan... Uh, appears to not have the votes in a second round of voting to be elected Speaker of the U.S. House. There's that. Now, back to Israel and Hamas. Our guest is Nihad Awad, Executive Director and Co-Founder of the Council on American-Islamic Relations. Um, the ceasefire, uh, Nihad, there are those in Congress, speaking of uh, the, the House, who uh, who called on uh, uh, a, a ceasefire and, and asked our president, uh, to insist on an immediate ceasefire. He has not done that. As a matter of fact, there was a memo you saw in Nihad that leaked out of the State Department yeah, yeah. that the Washington Post published uh, about 48 hours ago that said the exact opposite, that they've been told in the State Department to not use the phrase ceasefire, do not say we want to see an end to the bloodletting. They've been told specifically what not to say because that is not the frame that the U.S. is in right now. We're not in a frame of ceasefire. We're not in a frame of saying we want the bloodletting to stop. That is not what they're supposed to say. That memo leaked out. I thought that was pretty damning uh, in and of itself. But, but your thoughts quickly, Nihad, about a ceasefire. Of course, we have to call. We, you know, look, no war is good for anybody. So we have to call for ceasefire. And I think the White House and the Congress uh, have not heard enough from the American public to stop this madness, to stop the bloodshed. And the fact that the State Department has been pressuring its people not to call for a ceasefire and let so many civilians die is really corrupt. This is done, Tavis, in the name of America, with our tax dollars, 
uh, unfortunately, with the green light of our government, it's done in our name. And if we believe that we oppose this this madness, we have to call the White House and our elected representatives to 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 stop this killing of civilians. The majority of them are being bombed and killed and shredded to pieces. Yeah. This, this this is like corrupt. This yeah. is corrupt government, corrupt policy, corrupt mentality. Yep. Corrupt is a good word. I was trying to think of another word to go along with that. But when you I mean, I want the, the audience just to just to just to marinate on it, marinate on this just for a second. What this memo again says uh, that leaked out of the State Department, thanks to The Washington Post, we saw it. Uh, they were staying on message. We are not using the phrase ceasefire. We are not going to say things like we want the bloodletting to stop. Like, what does that mean that our State Department has a memo circulating around saying that we are not calling for a ceasefire? We're not using the term ceasefire. Just think about that and we'll come forward on Tavis Smile. He's rooting for everybody black. Everybody black. black. More of Tavis Smiley coming your way right now. Right now. Right now. Right now. Wad, more breaking news. I got just uh, five minutes left with you. Let me do this right quick. Uh, I quote from the New York Times. While we continue to collect information, our current assessment based on analysis of overhead imagery, intercepts, and open source information is that Israel is not responsible for the explosion at the hospital in Gaza yesterday, said Adrian Watson, a spokeswoman for the National Security Council. You had an indictment of the mainstream news media moments ago, but this information comes from the National Security Council. Your thoughts? Oh, well, it, it, it's too early. Look at Israel's crimes. So far, Israel has killed more than 3,500 people, injured 13,000 people, mainly men, women, and children. Entire families have been wiped out. This, this is like we, we we're living now in, 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 in the midst of the war on Gaza. I think it's too early to give Israel a, a you know an, an, an excuse and exit from this from this responsibility. We have seen it times and again. Remember the lies that our government, including the National Security Council, was involved in deceiving the public and the world to enter and invade Iraq. Nobody raised their finger, including the media. The media was just now conveying this information to you and me. Many years ago, our country, national security, CIA, the government, it's all entirety, lied to us and to the world about Iraq having weapons of mass destruction. Mm -hmm. And they went and they destroyed Iraq. They killed millions of people. They sent our daughters and sons, you know, to, to, to kill people and got killed. They spent billions of dollars on this because of the corruption of our government. Yep. So it's too early to give Israel a, a pass uh, while it's committing atrocities and genocide against the, 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 uh, you know, the entire people of, of Gaza. More breaking news here and then a final question for Nihad. What a busy day. Um, it's official. Uh, Jim Jordan has gone down a second time uh, in, in voting for Speaker of the House, and it's not getting better. It's getting worse. The first time around on this program yesterday, we reported he had 212 votes. In the second round, uh, he had 197. He had 212 uh, let me let me do this. Uh, I'm sorry. Let me get these numbers right here. He had uh, 199 uh, early on, uh, and these numbers show him at 197. So his numbers are getting worse, not getting better is, is the takeaway. 
Uh, he's getting fewer votes, uh, not a greater number of votes in the second round of voting. I don't know what that portends, but his numbers are clearly going in the wrong direction. I digress on that for now. We'll continue covering that. I got 90 seconds left, Nihad. Here's my, here's my exit question. Whether or not you, you believe that, broadly speaking, the Israeli people believe that the life of a Palestinian baby has the same worth as the life of an Israeli baby, and do you believe, broadly speaking, that Palestinians believe that the life of an Israeli baby has the same value as the life of a Palestinian baby. Definitely, there are good people uh, in 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 the Israeli community who who are against uh, um, against the corrupt leader uh, Netanyahu, who is using uh, his own troubles to distract his people, and now they're calling for him to be to be arrested, to be dismissed, and 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 control the situation with Gaza. They believe in peace. And we, the Palestinians, are the most in need of peace. And we believe in our brothers and sisters' humanity, uh, the, the Israeli people and Jewish people who coexisted with us for centuries until the political Zionist movement came, politicized uh, the, the situation, and started to ethnically cleanse the Palestinians as we see today. Yeah. Finally, I would say Biden is adding fuel to the fire. He is complicit with these war crimes, and he is not helping. He's not showing statesmanship to put an end to the violence and stabilize the region. He, as he, is, he is letting the region on fire and coming back. Mm. That's, he's betraying all of us as Americans, as voters. We trusted him, and I think we made the wrong mistake. You will never hear Nihad Awad hold his tongue uh, about his truth-telling, and I'm always honored to be in dialogue with him. He's executive director and co-founder of the Council on American-Islamic Relations, and I can also assure you you'll never hear anybody discussing this and quote both Malcolm and Martin in the same conversation. Nihad, uh, good to have you on, my friend. All the best to you. We'll talk Thank again. Thank you. All right, take care now. Thank you, Malcolm. Uh, Thank you.